Hi, this is Brad Humphrey, and this is part two of our Contractor's Best Friend podcast on safety and its impact on your business. We're sponsored once again by 4constructionpros.com and Caterpillar. We asked Jason Hurtis and Lonnie Fritz, both Caterpillar market professionals, to stick around and keep the conversation going. We're glad to have them here today. So let's jump right in. You know, one of the things that, that I was going to share with you is if we don't do some of these kind of things, and Jason, you've said it a couple of times about the follow-up, and and it's really just reminders. But we got to be we we've got to be intentional with those reminders, not when something happens, but before that to prevent something happening. Yeah, it's all about being proactive. And you know, we can take this a little twist. Sorry if I'm jumping ahead here, Brad. We talked a lot about the personal safety, but yep. uh, we got to be cognizant of the job site safety Absolutely. too. You know, having the heavy construction background like myself is, you know, there's a lot of new technological advancements out there. Look at the remote flaggers these days. You know, I've had instance with my flaggers on the job site where they go running for the ditch as somebody's coming through to blow their sign. Um, things being thrown at the flaggers. That's right. So now we can put an object, if you will, out on the shoulder while somebody is standing over way off the side of the road and out of harm's way running the stop slow paddle. Right. Um, the barrier walls, you know, the water walls are out there, the attenuators, the attenuator trucks. It wasn't that long ago when you would go out there and you would see in a slow moving operation, just aeroboard, a train of aeroboards. Now you see a train of aeroboards with attenuators on them. Um, so a lot has been done to be more proactive. It's it's a much safer, comprehensive job site these days I than think, it ever I think has been. people are paying more attention to it as well. I mean, how many times you've been to a quarry and seen the pit loader idling with a full bucket up in the air for over a minute? You know, what happens when that hose blows? Is he ready for that? You know how many people in the in the quarry yard get out of the trucks when the trucks are being loaded because they got to use the uh, blue house, you know, right, right. things like that. If you can if you can avoid those sort of oops, yeah. you know, or oh yeah, well I knew but I forgot, yeah. or I was just going to spend a minute yeah. and go. Yeah. And what we're also seeing, I think a lot of it's with the distracted driving. Brad is um, collisions on the job site. So mm-hmm. in a recent survey from 2017, over 500 respondents. 56% re- reported a crash on their site. And now it's what did they crash into? How many workers were hit? You know, yeah. So, um, again, that number continues to go up year yeah. after year after year. Well, real practical application, one of the things, if the yard is large enough in, in a, a construction for a construction company, one of the things I've tried to help teach them and preach to them is have one-way traffic. Yeah. You know, and have put, it signed. And, yeah, and have it signed. <laughs> and we think of Lowe's and Home Depot's, the signage, they do such a great job on the site. And I always use that as an example for these guys because they get that or lumber yards. Yeah. And I said, look, you don't just go back and forth on lumber yard. It's kind of a one-way traffic. you got to have that on the job site or in your yard as much as possible. And in, insurance agents will often tell you a lot of the accidents happen in the yard. Yes. Yep. Jackknifing a trailer and backing up that kind of thing. And that's how people get hurt and killed and all that kind of stuff to begin with. So anyway. As we look forward to the future, and obviously none of us are, are prophets here, when you look over the next 5, 10, 15 years, even from an equipment standpoint at, at uh, Caterpillar, what are some of the future safety improvements that you guys even know about that might be coming down the pike um, that would impact safety in a good way um, that you're looking out for? Obviously, you're always looking at something for equipment, yeah. right, to make it more safe. Yeah, yeah I think the, the first thing that people will see would be more autonomous or semi-autonomous like remote control where the where the machine's working in a dangerous environment but the operator's sitting in a nice climate controlled trailer 
you know, half a mile or, or even a country away yeah. and not having to worry about the high wall falling or right. slippery conditions. I mean, it, it's bad if you lose a piece of equipment. It's really bad if you lose a piece of equipment and the operator. And the operator, right. So I think we'll see more of the the remote or the autonomous or semi-autonomous safety features and safety products coming out yeah, in the future. I agree with that. In addition, what we've already done and will continue to do is increase visibility from the cab. So look at the next generation excavator to go back to that again. It's the visibility of the operator from their seat down through the front to below ground where they're actually digging. That's number one. Um, Increased visibility in the cab from additional surface area of the glass. You know, the right side out the boom where there's always a lot of uh, visibility issues there. We've recessed the ladders and the steps coming up so you can actually see out the right side now instead of having the house blocking your view. Um, We mentioned early on about rear view cameras. More and more rear view cameras on our machines are becoming standard, not even an option anymore, standard. Where the option comes into place is what we call the 360-degree visibility. Mm. That is becoming a more... Um, an optional feature on more and more of our equipment. And I think that's a trend you'll continue to see where it goes is there's so many blind spots. They're busy job sites. There's so much going on around. You look at how much is going around in your car, look at the visibility you have, and you're pretty much going in a straight line parallel right. with the other traffic. Right. That's now right. get something that'll swing 360 degrees. Exactly. With limited visibility with a lot of activity around you. So I think the 360 visibility will continue again to be um, a greater offering. Yeah. Um, when it comes to heavy equipment. Up. I like that. And, and to add add to that a little bit, one of the things that I know that, that we're trying to drive and things that I write and talk about and, and, and work with clients on, and that is improve your training of not only equipment handling, but also just processes, the work process itself. And don't just give the training to anybody. And sometimes the best, and I mean this sincerely, the best operator or the best craftsman may not be the best trainer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and the other thing is, is to limit who does the training, because what happens is if you've got a company of 150, 200 field workers and they're getting trained by just whoever the lead man is for that crew, you might have 30 lead guys out there and they're doing things 30 different ways and not one of them may be safe. Yeah. Right. right. In that sense, whether it's equipment or processes. So I would encourage owners that are listening to this right now is is be very selective just because you've got a guy or a gal who is terrific at concrete or or or, or it working in the rock quarries handling just because they're a great worker and craftsman at that level, they may not be the best trainers. So that doesn't necessarily make them a trainer mm-hmm. just because they're good at something. So right. I think yeah. that's important to, to, to make a point about. Yeah. And, and on the equipment side, too, I know, again, on the next generation x we have a whole suite of technology under the e-fence suite. Yeah, can you explain that? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of them, Brad, a lot of the features. To be specific, we have uh, e-swing. Yep. So the operator can set the parameters, say, an A and a B, set a radius of 30 degrees. So they can store the point A. They can swing over store point B. And the machine will never operate Go beyond outside that. Outside that of that window of right. opportunity. So, so let's say we're setting concrete very well, we do not want to swing into traffic. So that's on the E-swing side. Yep. Um, the E-ceiling, working inside, we can set a barrier, let's say we want to stay two, our safety barrier two feet below the beams in the building or the bridge or the overhead power lines. Uh, so that's on the E-ceiling. The E-floor, again, pretty self-explanatory, setting the maximum depth. If we know there's utility five feet down, we set the E-floor at four feet. Right. We know we got a foot clear. Um, E-cab avoidance, 
it uh, prevents the work tool, the attachment, from coming into the cab. And then again, e-wall. If we're working up against a wall or a structure, any type of appurtenance, um, we can set a safe distance away from it so we do not come in contact with it. So um, again, on the machine side, we're going to continue to see, I think, more and more of the radar systems, the collision avoidance, the object detection. On the human side, one thing I wanted to touch on as well is uh, back to wearables again, looking mm -hmm. at these activity trackers, these right. sleep trackers, you know, yeah. kind of like some of the, the uh, OEMs have out there with the fuel. It'll say how much fuel you have to burn, and, and it's all on your, your quality of sleep. Where you're coming into, we've seen this in technicians talking to some customers that, you know, in the oil fields where the technicians, they're working 12, 14, 16 hours a day, you know, and they're working seven days a week, and they're coming in, they don't even have enough time to sleep. And it's a true indication before an incident would happen, before somebody falls asleep at the wheel, is that's reporting back again right. to the back office right. as to the health and well-being of the employee and trying to be proactive and prevent an incident from somebody that does not have the that, right that's health a energy. Great, that's a great point that, that listeners ought to take note of. And probably some of our contractors listening that work in the south or southwest, they know with the heat and the humidity, yes. the temperature of a body, it goes up too high too quick, you got a problem. And as a contractor at one time, I actually had, in fact, it was a foreman, and one of my best foreman had a heat stroke. That's a scary, scary it's feeling. It is very scary. To be on a job site. And uh, thank God he was fine and all that. But he did. He didn't think he had a problem. He was. He was just mentally. He was. You could tell he was gone. But he went white as a sheet. Mm -hmm. Then he passed out. And of course, we got the ambulance there and all that. But it came down to the guys were not drinking something simple as just enough water. Water. Yep. They have to stay hydrated. You got to yeah. stay hydrated. And you know we say that, and it's basics. But I'm telling you, it's just as important in the winter time mm -hmm. for the guys working in the cold weather outside. Uh, making sure that they're, they don't, they're not out there too long and get exposure and all that type of thing. The cold. Well, think about the people that run a piece of equipment for 12 hours a day and then have a two-hour drive home. You know, how, how long does that two-hour drive take when you're half asleep? Speaking of that, do you guys recommend, even with your equipment, I thought this might be something some of the equipment guys probably would do, do you guys recommend a maximum time to be on a piece of equipment? We don't. What we've tried to implement is like driver safety systems, right. um, which will use cameras and, and seat vibration that if you see the operator nodding off, we'll, we'll vibrate the seat or we'll make some type of noise to re-alert them. Okay. And then we can monitor that and then send that to the foreman and say, you know, Lonnie's starting to fall asleep. You might want to swap out drivers or give them a break or something like that to try to avoid that happening. I just know you. in some of the tire cranes, sometimes now you're seeing some of the yep. operators will come yep. down yeah. after about a yep. two-hour shift kind of a thing. And it really, that, that pings back to the wearables again. When it comes yep. down to the actual human being, it's yep. the Fitbit, it's the wearable measuring those biometrics and yep. sending those alerts back. Yeah. Well, we've gotten in a wealth of information on safety, haven't we? <laughs> Is there any <laughs> final thoughts by anyone of you guys? Both of you guys have been awesome. Anything else you'd like to add? To this podcast this has been great information good information for contractors listening to this again i i just want to say i think it's a culture you see a lot of the banners you see a lot of the you know so many hours since the last incident which you hope there never is an incident right. but um i can't say enough about uh, proactive buy-in from the top resources continue to make it as common as having a lunch break um, it has to be in front of the individuals at yep. all times. And, and also when do most incidents occur? It's when we take a shortcut. Don't take a shortcut. I've, I've read too many articles and seen too many videos where the crane failed. Why'd the crane fail? 
I said, I would not pick it. They said, yes, you will pick it or you're going to yeah. lose the job. We have to yeah. get this set. We know it's five ton too heavy and what happens. Right. So a lot of it's just being careless. Right. Um, we go too fast. We're not cognizant of what's around us. Slow down. It's not worth losing the life. It's going to impact your schedule and your bottom line more than if you would just do it right the first time. You know, I used to not believe this, but, I, but I've changed my tune. I mean, I, I learned from a, actually a, a contractor years ago, a client of mine. He had values, including his values with safety. You know what? When I go into offices, and you guys know what I'm talking about, you go into an mm-hmm. office, a lot of times you see their values on the wall, you know, integrity, honesty. How many times have you ever seen safety? Mm-hmm. And I think he's right. He said, Brad, I don't want safety to be an action. I want it to be embedded. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a part of our DNA. And, and, I've, and I've carried, I've trumpeted that message ever since then, because I think he's right. Mm-hmm. I think he's absolutely right. The other thing I want to add here is, too, is there's nothing, there's, there's no excuse for not doing safety training. And right. like you said, for the equipment, almost on a quarterly basis, maybe we ought to have more regular safety meetings. And, and we have this tool talk, toolbox talks, and all that Correct. kind of stuff. That usually hits maybe one item type of a thing a day. But it's nothing wrong with bringing people back in for safety because they do forget. They get into bad habits. And safety starts, like I said, it should be included in the walk-around daily check of the yep. machine. What about the walk-around daily check of the site? You know, there's nails sticking up. The, there's handrails that are missing. There's things that we're just not compliant with. We're or another aware. contractor could have left so, some things in, exactly. in our way. So <laughs> yeah. nu- numerous uh, numerous opportunities. Yeah, a lot of opportunities, <laughs> certainly right. If you wait until you have an accident to start talking too about late. safety, you've, you've really missed yeah, the boat. It's too late. It's too late. And safety has been one of the most successful programs this industry has brought in, probably because it's tied to money. <laughs> There's no doubt about yes. that. But it has had more success. Even though we have problems still, it's more successful than we've ever had. But I do think with more non-construction-related people coming into the industry who have no idea what the, the risks are on a construction site, there needs to be even more emphasis on training. So I would agree. Yeah, you guys have been awesome. Thanks, both of you. This, Thank this you. has been a really yeah. good Thank educational. You, you bet. This has been a great session for me, too. Hey, this has been fun. Hopefully, as a, as a contractor listening to this, Uh, You may have picked up uh, a couple of new items that maybe you hadn't thought about or forgot about a few. Thanks for listening and put the things that we've talked about to work for you. Don't forget to check out all of the Contractor's Best Friend podcasts brought to you by Caterpillar and 4ConstructionPros.com.